Welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Anne Louise Gittleman is a New York Times bestselling author of over 37 books on diet, detox, the environment, and women's health. For more than four decades, Anne Louise has been regarded as a leading voice and visionary in nutrition and who has fearlessly stood on the front lines of holistic and integrative medicine. For more information, check out annlouise.com. That's A-N-N-L-O-U-I-S-E.com. And here's your host, Anne Louise Gittleman. Hi, everyone. Anne Louise Gittleman with you today on the First Lady of Nutrition. My guest today is Dr. Jerry Tennant of the Tennant Institute for Integrative and Natural Medicine. He is an innovator in advanced microcurrent technology for the treatment of chronic pain. He's an outstanding pioneer, very innovative and very inspirational. Let's give him a warm welcome. Hi, Dr. Tennant. You had an illustrious career as an eye surgeon. How did you morph from this wonderfully awarded and respected eye surgeon to an energy medicine pioneer? Well, in addition to to doing uh, cataract and corneal surgery, I did the majority of research for the laser that's used in LASIK surgery for the company called Visex. I had a lot of fun doing that, but we didn't know that the laser wouldn't kill viruses. And I was using it to carve a scar off of the cornea of a, of a man. Uh, and as we did so, uh, it released the viruses. He had actually had leukemia, released the viruses from his cornea, went uh, through my mask, through my nose, into my brain, and I developed encephalitis. So I got to where I could see a patient and know what was wrong with them, but I couldn't uh, remember how to write a prescription. Oh, my goodness. Also, I developed spastic movements, which doesn't work really well if you're operating inside somebody's eyeball. No, indeed. And uh, extreme fatigue, et cetera. So I had to simply quit working at the end of 1995. And... I had about two or three hours a day in which I could understand a newspaper and then like a light switch would go off and I couldn't understand it anymore. And so I went to the head of the NIH division of immunology and to the corneal immunology in Boston, et cetera. And they said, well, you have viruses in your brain. Uh, we don't know what to do about it. Uh, don't call us. We'll call you. Oh, awful. So during that two or three hours a day that I could think, I really, well, I was sleeping about 16 hours a day and I had a decision to make. I thought, well, do I just lay here and die or do I, in that few hours a day where I can think, try to figure out how to get myself well? And that was the beginning of my journey. And so I, um, I recognized the fact that even though our, the cells in our body look completely different, a heart cell looks different from a brain cell, they really have all the same hardware. They just have different software. And so I began to think, well, if I could figure out how to make one cell work, I can make them all work. And so as I was reading cellular biology books, I ran across uh, in each of them somewhere between a sentence or a page that said, cells have to run at a pH of 7.35 to 7.45. Well, I didn't remember much about pH, except it was something to do with acid-base balance. So I started reading about pH and discovered that pH is simply measurement of voltage in a liquid. I thought, wow, well, that makes sense. Cells have to have energy or voltage to work. So then I said, well, how do I measure it? And I found that a chap named Nakatani had published 
his work in 1951, he was the first to use modern electronics to measure acupuncture circuits. So I got his rather rudimentary equipment, started measuring in where my brain should be running between 25, uh, around 25 millivolts. It was running between two and four millivolts. Oh my so, goodness. So now I knew why it didn't work. So then the next question is, well, what are you going to do about it? And that was the beginning of my journey to figure out how to measure and how, how to restore uh, voltage to the system. And here I am, uh, I'll be 83 in June. Oh, bless your heart. When is your birthday, June what? 28th. Day after mine, I knew we were kindred spirits. There you go. So obviously I've outlived their predictions that, yes. uh, that I wasn't going to make it. So here I am. So healing is voltage. So how do we up the voltage, dear Dr. Tennant? Well, the first thing you have to realize is that our muscles are what's called piezoelectric. And what's that funny word mean? So if you take a crystal, and uh, a quartz crystal, and you squeeze it with a pair of pliers, it emits electrons. And so the process of distorting a substance and that causes it to emit electrons is called piezoelectricity. So every time we move our muscles, like exercise, et cetera, we're actually generating voltage and our muscles turn out to also be rechargeable batteries. And so our muscles are stacked one on top of each other in a very specific order and surrounded by a common stocking of what's called fascia uh, to form a battery pack. And a stack of muscle batteries, what's been called an acupuncture meridian. So every organ in the body has its own power pack, which is our muscle batteries. So um, one can then simply start measuring the voltage in these muscle batteries and figure out which ones are, have a charge and which ones don't. And so what we find is that uh, all chronic disease begins with losing the power in one of our muscle, one or more of our muscle battery packs, because cells require 25 millivolts to run. And when cells wear out or get damaged, it takes 50 millivolts to make new cells. As long as you have 50 millivolts in your battery pack, you can keep things repaired. But if you don't, then uh, cells wear out, don't get replaced. And pretty soon that organ begins to fail you. And it doesn't matter whether it's your heart, your, the macula in your eye, your liver, whatever it is, it's the same process. So how do you up the ante? Well, one of the important things to realize is that it's well known in uh, battery technology that if you take a rechargeable battery and you drain it all the way to zero, it flips the polarity upside down. So where it might be plus on the top and minus on the bottom, now it's just the opposite of that. So if you take a battery and you put it in a battery charger upside down, it won't take a charge. Well, well, that's exactly what happens in our body. So when we drain a battery to zero, it flips upside down. And no matter what we do, it won't take a charge. And thus, uh, we simply can't get well. So we can put in some electrons one way or another. And the body says, thank you for those. And uh, but uses them up quickly, but because it, uh, you can't put in uh, as fast as the body can uh, can require them, you can't keep up until you're able to get the batteries working again. So what we figured out was that uh, if you use what's called scalar energy, 
And by the way, there are two kinds of energy in the universe, electromagnetic, everybody knows about, but there's one few people know about called scalar. If you use scalar energy, it will flip the polarity back to normal. And then you use electromagnetic to charge it back up. So I developed devices that do those two things. And so it's fairly uh, straightforward and easy to accomplish that. Uh, it takes me maybe 20 minutes to teach people how to measure their polarities and their circuits. And then if they find them abnormal, then it, you know, it takes five minutes to flip the polarity back up and half an hour to charge them back up. And now you've got power and the body will start the process of healing because it never forgets how to heal, just has to have the power to do it and all the materials it takes to make new cells. So do you have a device that does such a thing? Yes, uh, of course. Explain that to us. Obviously, exercise is one of the elements because when we exercise, uh, we are recharging our batteries. But again, they won't take the charge or hold the charge unless the polarity is correct. So the first order of business is to identify the, the reason that uh, your battery pack lost its charge. And we've identified five different reasons that cause uh, a, a battery to lose its charge. One is not enough thyroid hormone because the thyroid hormone T3 controls the voltage of every cell membrane in the body. Wow. Number two is scars. That white shiny stuff you see around muscles when you carve a turkey is called fascia and it's the body's wiring system. So if you have a scar that, that engages that wiring system and, and frays it or separates it, now your wiring system doesn't work. So you have to fix the scars and you can do that electronically as well. Next is dental infections. Uh, when we're a fetus, it, they, uh, it, you make the brain first and then circuits go from the brain down into the rest of the body. And as they go down into the body, they go through very specific teeth. So if uh, every tooth becomes integrated into uh, each of our uh, circuits, so it's like a string of Christmas lights. If you get corrosion in the socket of one of the, of, uh, the bulbs in your Christmas lights, it can take out the whole circuit. So if you get corrosion, that is to say infection in the bone around a tooth, it will shut that uh, circuit down just as surely as uh, if you were a switch. So we got thyroid, scars, dental infections, and next we have emotions. Our emotions are stored in the body as magnetic fields and a magnetic field uh, around a copper wire blocks the flow of voltage through it. So our, our stressful emotions actually block our circuits. And again, we figured out how to tune those uh, magnetic fields so they no longer block the circuits. So we basically can turn in a matter of minutes can turn a stressful emotion into simply a memory. And then finally, we have toxins. Obviously, all toxins are electron stealers and drop the voltage. And so we have uh, every um, molecule has its own uh, frequency signature. So we can take and measure those uh, frequencies um, and then turn the polarity upside down and send that back into the system and, and uh, quickly destroy the toxins. So those are the five reasons that one uh, loses power in a system. Do you find any one more prevalent since the age of COVID? Well, uh, of course, COVID's anomaly, uh, which uh, physicians are still not allowed to talk about. Um, so um, I'm going to um, 
pass on uh, having that discussion simply because, um, uh, you know, physicians are losing their license for well, speaking no, out. About it. Let me ask you this. Do you see any underlying cause more prevalent in this day and age? Well, yeah, I do for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is, uh, is all of the toxins in our environment. Our food supply is, is contaminated uh, with all sorts of toxins, etc. So that's why uh, we're rated uh, by the World Health Organization as 38th uh, in the world in our healthcare system and our ability to, to be healthy. So I want to, before we uh, consume too much of our time is say, okay, what I've talked about is, is what most people think about. And that is, okay, I've begun to uh, have trouble. I'm tired all the time because I don't have enough voltage or, you know, my heart's not working as well as it should. My vision's not working as well as it should or whatever. But one of the important things to realize is that all chronic disease begins when you flip the polarity of the uh, power supply to uh, one or more organs. Let me say that again, all chronic disease begins when you flip the polarity of the power supply to one or more of the organs. Now, the next thing that happens is that you lose oxygen. Now, there's this close relationship between uh, voltage and oxygen. And the first part of that is called Bohr's law or Bohr, the Bohr effect after Christian Bohr who described it. So the, the, the business part of the lungs where you uh, exchange oxygen uh, and, or get oxygen hooked onto your hemoglobin is on the same circuit as your heart. So it's on the heart uh, muscle battery pack. And it requires 34 millivolts in that particular uh, circuit in order to hook oxygen onto hemoglobin. If you don't have 34 millivolts available in your heart circuit, then you can't hook it on. So when you put that little gadget on the end of your finger and it measures the oxygen saturation, it's telling you how much oxygen is attached to your hemoglobin. So most people that are normal run somewhere around 98% or so. But of course, with a lot of the things we've been seeing going on lately, people get readings of, uh, instead of in the 90s, they get it in the 80s, the 70s, or even the 60s. Mm -hmm. And of course, the problem is, uh, people think and docs think if they simply put you on uh, oxygen to breathe, or they put a tube down in your trachea and pump oxygen into your lungs, it helps, but it doesn't. Because if you don't have 34 millivolts in that circuit, the oxygen won't hook to the hemoglobin. And so that's why so many times people who end up on ventilators, it fails because they don't have the voltage to use the oxygen. Well, let's assume, for example, that you do have the voltage and now you've got oxygen, your red blood cells are loaded with oxygen and they go out into the rest of your body. Well, the oxygen won't come loose so the cells can use it unless the voltage drops to 11 millivolts. So again, you can have a thing on your finger that says that you're 98% saturated and you could be maybe 80% deficient in, in voltage at the cellular level because it, it can't come loose. It can't get out of the red blood cell. And so how does that work? Well, um, 
we have in our red blood cells a thing called a carbonic acid buffering system. And basically what that means is that that system is able to take the CO2 that your cells make and convert it into hydrogen. And then hydrogen is able to drop the voltage to 11 millivolts so that the oxygen comes loose and you can use it. Well, that system is dependent on bicarbonate and the bicarbonate is basically what people would know as baking soda. So your kidneys make baking soda, uh, but began to have difficulty making enough when you start getting into your forties and beyond. And so uh, again, one of the, of the problems of aging is lack of oxygen uh, because uh, you, you uh, either don't have the voltage in your heart circuit to attach it, or you don't have the baking soda available to turn it into uh, to drop the voltage so you can use it. So again, there's this interrelationship between voltage and oxygen. Hi, my friends. Before I go any further, let me take a moment to, to acknowledge my sponsor, Unikey Health, at unikeyhealth.com, which is your universal key to health since 1992. I have been a spokesperson for this company for over 30 years. They're the home of all my weight loss plans, the Fat Blasting Bio Builder, which has been featured in national magazines. They also carry the ultimate brain support and the magnesium multitasker. So whether it's weight loss, internal cleansing, or just targeted health support, go to unikeyhealth.com. Tell them Anne Louise sent you. Now, Everybody knows that oxygen is important. And if you think it isn't, just hold your breath, right? <laughs> well, what happens next is uh, you have to understand fungus. So the, uh, every living thing contains fungal spores. And the purpose for that uh, uh, on this planet is obvious. And that is when a leaf falls off the tree, it loses its voltage and oxygen. And so those fungal spores switch into being active uh, fungi and they put out enzymes and turn that leaf to dirt. And the same thing happens if an animal dies in the forest or uh, a human dies or, or any living thing dies, it's the fungus, it's the job of fungus to turn it to dirt. If that were not the case, we'd all be over our eyes in dead leaves and dead animals. So it's a good thing. However, in the body, let's say you lose voltage and oxygen in your liver. Uh, so the fungus is going to wake up and start turning your liver to dirt. Uh, the fungus doesn't know that maybe the rest of you is okay. Um, but um, it's doing what fungus is designed to do it when you lose the uh, voltage and oxygen. It's going to start trying to destroy that organ. Now, the next thing that happens is that um, the work of Otto Warburg, uh, Otto Warburg got a Nobel Prize in 1931, showing that if oxygen in the tissue drops below 35%, uh, it's 35% less than it should be, that you always develop a tumor a uh, what we would call cancer and so uh, again this process is going on because you lost voltage made you lose oxygen which makes you have fungus show up trying to destroy it 
And, and when the stem cells get that signal, they go to nearby blood vessels and invade those blood vessels and make a mass of blood vessels trying to bring more oxygen in, trying to, to salvage your organ. And we call that mass of blood vessels cancer. Mm. But basically, cancer is simply the body's response, as Warburg got a Nobel Prize for, mm. it's the body's response to lack of oxygen in tissue. And so now you have fungus trying to turn the tissue to dirt. You have uh, this uh, mass of blood vessels trying to bring in more oxygen to put the fungus back to sleep. And whichever wins determines your fate. And so all chronic disease follows this pathway. And so along the way, as I mentioned, you know, if you, as you start losing voltage, you can have cells wear out and not get replaced. And so, okay, you get congestive heart failure or your voltage drops enough that uh, that uh, you can get infections uh, because almost all of our infections are due to bugs that, uh, that thrive when oxygen is low. And so there are all of these other things that can happen in the meantime that we have this long list of what we call diseases, but really they're just bumps in the road on your way from, first of all, flipping the polarity in the muscle pack, battery pack, which eventually ends up in a malignancy. So that's the, the simple one common pathway to all chronic disease. So what you have to do, of course, is if you measure your, the polarity in all of your circuits and find that one of them's flipped, if you flip it back to normal and then go through the list of why it flipped in the first place, you know, the, the list we gave you, thyroid scars, dental infections, emotions, and toxins, and if you fix those, and keep the polarity on, then the body will continue to keep itself repaired. And it's next to impossible to keep sliding down the slippery slope that we've talked about. From all so, of your research, do you find that there's special foods that, are, that enhance body voltage? Say it again. Special foods that enhance body voltage. Well, yeah, because for example, um, most people are not aware of the fact that the food pyramid that was developed in the 1950s was not developed by the health department. It was developed by the department of agriculture to sell more grains. And it put carbohydrates, of course, at the top of the list. And so, and it made people think that eating fat made you fat, which is a lie. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we spent 30, 40 years of avoiding the best foods for us, which are the proteins and the fats, which because every cell membrane in the body is made of fat, your brain is approximately 90% fat, etc. So guess what, if you don't eat, how are you going to keep things repaired? And the other thing that people that a lot of research has come out in the just the last few years showing that, that all plants contain toxins. And it's their basically their defense mechanism to try to keep animals from eating it. But when you eat the plants, so you're a, veg you're a vegetarian or a vegan, uh, first of all, you're eating mostly carbohydrates. Secondly, you're consuming each day, you're poisoning yourself with these poisons that are known to be in the, the plants. And uh, so that's been shown now to be a major cause of obesity, uh, brain fog, some association with other dementias, et cetera. But it basically, you're just poisoning yourself all day long. And so, so you're, you're not in favor of the vegan diets. 
No, I, I've been doing this long enough to realize that almost all vegans eventually get pretty sick um, because you simply don't have the material. So for example, cell membranes are about 15% uh, arachidonic acid and arachidonic acid, uh, there is no vegetable source for it. So how can you keep your cell membranes working? Well, you can't. Um, and of course, again, you're poisoning yourself with the uh, poisons that are in that. And then you add on top of that, that, uh, that uh, essentially all of our grains with perhaps the exception of blue corn are treated with Roundup. Mm. Uh, Roundup uh, blocks the ability of the body to make four of the 10 essential amino acids. And the word essential is, is critical. You have to have them because that's why they're called essential. But when you eat grains, then you can't make four of them. And so, um, and also the um, uh, Roundup destroys the good bacteria in your gut. And so it used to, when they started using Roundup, they, you know, would genetically modify the plants and then spray things with one dose of Roundup. It would kill the weeds and the, and the, uh, and the harvest crop would grow. But over time, they developed an immunity to that. So now most crops get sprayed about four times during the growing season. And then after it's harvested, they spray it one more time. So uh, it's, you know, after, again, after it's harvested, it gets sprayed with more Roundup. So when you eat it, you just as well be drinking Roundup. Awesome. And so, uh, and of course, it's been shown, uh, and there are all these lawsuits going on about how it's been shown now, how Roundup. Uh, is conducive to causing some of the cancers and is largely banned in many of the European countries. But of course, we're still using it everywhere here. So again, our food supply is horrible. Uh, many of the studies have been done, which uh, were there were studies done in the 1950s where they would harvest various crops, take them to the lab and measure the amount of uh, minerals and other nutrients in it. And then those have been remeasured over uh, the following years. And so now uh, where uh, uh, it would take, where it would take maybe, uh, I've forgotten the exact measurements, but let's say it would take a bucket full of spinach to be nutritionally equivalent to what a cup full would have been in the 1950s. And the stuff in the 1950s uh, also didn't have all these poisons and particularly Roundup in it. So do you see an increase in neurological issues? You've been at this for some time. I mean, I just heard on TV about Celine Dion, who was just diagnosed with stiff person's disease. So you're seeing everybody from every walk of life that are coming down with some type of neurological disorder. I see ALS on the rise, Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Do you have any idea what those underlying causes are from the nature of your work? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I have uh, three or four ALS patients in my clinic at the moment, and uh, we're, we're, it, it appears that we're in, in that we're going where they were turning all of those folks around. But it's too early to to make a positive statement. But um, uh, it, it, like all the other ALS is no different than any other chronic disease. It follows the same pathway. And so um, uh, I have two that I treated uh, uh, pre in the previous months, and the, they've basically 
uh, one of them went from where he couldn't walk across his kitchen to now he's going to Sam's and walking for an hour with his family. Wonderful. And, and uh, the other one is basically throwing away his walker. And anyway, um, all of these, these so-called incurable diseases are basically following the same pathway. And so, again, I know very little about stiff person disease, but it would be my suspicion, my prediction that if one measured her, she, we would find that uh, she's probably running between two and four, four millivolts uh, instead of the normal 25. And that uh, her, she's very, uh, you know, she's uh, suffering from, that this probably this illness that she's having is at least in part from the toxins put out by the fungus. Interesting. So you have a clinic. Tell my listeners about your clinic and you give, you still give classes. I attended one of your classes. You were fascinating. And this was many years ago. So do you still have the classes and you have books? Tell us about what you do to educate the lay people. Well, I've written several books and each of them is entitled Healing is Voltage. And there's one called the handbook, one called healing eye diseases, one called uh, cancers on off switches. Uh, and my latest one is about scalar energy. Uh, the, uh, all of the books of my books, except the scalar energy uh, book is uh, available on Amazon or uh, can be ordered uh, from my website. Uh, Interestingly enough, Amazon refused to publish the one on scalar energy. Why? Well, they, you know, they're they're burn, burning books that don't agree, or they don't want information out there, or whatever. I, who knows why? Scalar energy is the essence of life. Yeah. So, um, so then my my clinic is in the Dallas Fort Worth area in a suburb called Irving. And so my office is 972-580-1156. And uh, my website is tenant, T-E-N-N-A-N-T, tenantinstitute.com. And um, by the way, before I forget about it, I always uh, start and or end my uh, conversations with the fact that I'm not speaking with my Texas MD license, uh, Texas uh, does not allow its physicians to speak freely about things that are not standard of care. So I always speak with my Arizona license. Understood. So can people come to you for a little tune up? If, if one is feeling that there's something going on in the brain or the heart, can they come to you for a one day tune up? You do a little measurement, you tell people how to heal their voltage. Well, we actually do two days. Uh, when they come to our clinic, we have, uh, we, we look at the energy, but then we look at the causes. And so um, one always sees uh, the uh, other docs in my clinic uh, because each of us have our own particular special area uh, that uh, we're better at than the rest of us. So by seeing all of us, uh, we can really cover the waterfront and do a very good job in a, in a couple of days of getting you started back, uh, reversing all of the problems that we've been discussing do you still have what what did you used to call that it was a meter that you used uh, oh it was a voltage meter one can one cannot use a standard voltmeter just to measure the muscles because the the voltage is always pulsing 
in the body and so you don't know where the endpoint is so we have a device that uh, is able to overcome that uh, electronically and so we can quickly measure and know what the voltage is in each circuit and then we also know exactly how to to measure the whether the polarity is flipped and so we know whether which circuits we have to flip the polarity back and then recharge and you still give classes yeah, we give about four uh, or so a year. The, we essentially uh, give, them, give them all now here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And uh, the classes uh, basically start on a Thursday and uh, go all day Friday and uh, Saturday. And I highly recommend for all my listeners, if you can get to Dallas to see Dr. Jerry Tennant. Fascinating information. Any parting words for my listeners, Dr. Tennant? Well, just that, um, you know, one needs to, if you're, if you're not uh, progressing with what you're doing, you need to realize that, as I had to do, that th the way I was trained in medical school uh, failed me, and I had to find a different way. And uh, when I found that way, then I've spent the last 25 years sharing that with people who want to know about it and who want to go down a pathway uh, that uh, has basically been around for 3,000 years. God bless you. <laughs> What's old is new, and you've been such an innovator. Any new books on the horizon? Oh, um, you know, I'm going to, as soon as I can slow down a little bit, I'm, I want to update uh, some of the books that I've already written because I keep learning new things all the time. And so I just need to do some updates. So that's on my uh, bucket list. Anything else to tell people to keep them healthy for 2023? Yeah, people sometimes ask me, what's the most important thing I can do to stay uh, healthy? And my answer is always the same. Find somebody that you can love unconditionally and that will love you unconditionally. That's the most important thing about being that's healthy. That's why pets are so important. Excellent. Thank you so much. Will you come back when we do have new material to share? Of course. And I hope to see you in Dallas in 2023. I want to thank Dr. Jerry Tennant for being my guest. I want to thank all my listeners. Tune into AnnLouise.com. We've got new articles, new magazine columns, and First for Women and Women's World. Have a beautiful week full of peace, happiness, and shalom. Shalom uvracha. don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.